0: Hello everyone and welcome to the City Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where it is our desire and mission to help you find and follow Jesus. Today's message is from our brand new sermon series, My Shepherd. In this study, we are going through the familiar passage of Psalm 23 and rediscovering David's declaration, The Lord is my Shepherd. This statement relays a total dependency on Jesus as our shepherd, guide, and Lord over our lives. We're focusing on the truth that God is a personal God and he wants to be your shepherd. And as a result of his ownership, we can follow him boldly and rest confidently in his care. Well, good morning, church family. How are you doing today? Good man, what a great time of worship together! And I'm just excited to be able to experience it with you and spend some time just growing closer to our Lord through song and through the word. So let's take our Bibles this morning and let's go to Psalm chapter 23. Uh, in case you were wondering where we're going to be this morning, Psalm chapter 23 as we continue our verse by verse study through the book. And of course, what we're doing is we are growing in our understanding and, under- and in our knowledge, and I guess a spiritual level of development, understanding who God is, particularly in the aspect of him being our great shepherd. And so that's what we're going to continue this morning. And I want to begin uh, reading in verse number one again. And we'll repeat uh, the verses here that we just heard a second ago. But I want to read verses one uh, through four. And so let's go ahead and do that together. Um, And I'm going to have you join me in verse number four. Sound good? So I'll read the first three verses and then I'll have you join me in verse uh, number four. So begin reading uh, here verse number one, Psalm 23. And it says here, it says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Join me now. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Great job. You got it. Did it kind of weird you out when I stopped reading? That was great. You guys sounded good. (laughs) You know, the first three verses of this chapter, which I would say is probably one of the most familiar and influential chapters in all of Scripture, these first three verses here clearly point us to the fact that in our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, we have a lot of things to be thankful for. We have a lot of benefits from our relationship with Jesus. Just here in those couple of phrases, we have learned that he is my shepherd, meaning I can have a personal relationship with God. We've talked about how he leads us, how he is our full satisfaction that we don't need to look anywhere else in this life, anywhere else in this world but to Jesus Christ and to him alone for our full satisfaction. We see as well that he restores us when we stray. He restores us uh, when we fall away from him, when we struggle. God is always there welcoming us back, he's saying, "I want you to come back to me." And he's willing to restore us as well. He gives us a path and a direction to pursue. That's what we talked about last week as we looked at how it is paths of righteousness that God lays out for us. He wants us to pursue what is right, what is holy, what is just, what he has laid out for us. And here's the great thing, is that God has laid out a path of righteousness for every single one of us. And that's something that we can pursue, that is something that we can go after. But each of these aspects of these first three verses talk about the fact that God provides and he uh, gives to us what we need, those of us who are a part of his flock, those of us who can truly call him today my Shepherd. But this morning as we move into the second half of the chapter, what we see now is a transition take place. And the transition that we're going to see is where we move from the provisional aspect of our relationship with God to moving to a position now where we're going to talk about the protective nature of our relationship. So he's talked, up until this point, it's been all about God's provision for us and and what he has for us, uh, really the connection that we have through our relationship with Jesus Christ, but now we're going to talk about the protective nature of our relationship. As well in this halfway point, what we see is a transition in the language that David uses. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but we see a transition from the uh, third person singular tone. Things like, he leadeth, or he makes me to lie down, or he restores my soul, or he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, and we see a shift and a change to the second person singular, and we see it here in verse number four. I want you to notice he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, and then he says this, for thou, you are with me, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. So David here is changing his tone in the sense that he's not just talking about the shepherd, he is speaking to the shepherd, and I love that. Because we see this transitional tone where he's saying, he, in essence, uh, I, I heard one author say it this way. It's like uh, sheep on, on a good field talking to sheep in a bad field saying, hey, my shepherd's pretty awesome. You need to get over here. <laughs> and it's an idea like this is who God is. He is all of these great things. But now there's a transition and he begins to talk about uh, a change of focus. And the focus is, is now it's upward. It's in a worshipful sense here. He's now saying, it's you. Like we just sang, you alone I long to worship. We're singing it towards God. And so now David goes from telling us about the provision, now he begins to turn to God and say, God, you can protect me. God, you are there for me. And the reason that there's a change in the language is because of what he begins to speak about here, which is a new danger that we as sheep face in our lives. A danger that is frightening. A danger, a place that can be dark, <laughs> A place that can seem endless. And I'm sure you've already picked up on it there at the beginning of verse number four, but it's called the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death. I wanna begin working through this passage this morning by just starting out by talking about the presence of valleys. The presence of valleys. He's not leaving any doubt here when David says that I will be walking through, there will be times in our life that you will walk through what he describes as the valley of the shadow of of death, The truth about the life of a follower of Jesus Christ is that even though you may be walking in the paths of righteousness that we talked about last week, even though you may be pursuing God with all of your heart, the fact is, is that those paths of righteousness will not protect you or keep you from some deep valleys and difficult places in your life. Now, in our minds, you know, the idea of valley and what David was talking about here maybe doesn't resonate with us as much living here in Vancouver because we think of you know, the Fraser Valley, Right. It's kind of big and flat, isn't it? There's a lot of room in there, you know? Uh, One of Jeanette's favorite things to do on Instagram is to look at places in Switzerland. And so I thought I'd just do this for you today, babe. I love you. And uh, look at this awesome valley, you know? Man, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, we have this idea of, you know, majestic on the sides, but down below there's this wonderful uh, place and there's a lot of good things to be seen in the valley. But David is not exactly speaking of those kind of valleys, He's talking about the kind of valley that he would have grown up around in the Judean hillside. There in the landscape of Israel, a valley is something that is much more deep, much more rugged, much more dark, much more difficult. And from firsthand experience, David here is talking about the dangers of being a shepherd and the danger of being a sheep being led through a deep valley. Of course, there would be the dangers of rock slides. There'd be the dangers of predators that would hide out waiting for a sheep to get caught or to be lost. There, of course, would... Uh, have been uh, oftentimes a cliff on one side, you know, up against a sheep, uh, a sheep, uh, yeah, sheep, a sharp cliff on one side and then a, a drop off on the other side. And so all of this danger that would come, of course, the dark shadows of a valley to a sheep. Remember, sheep are afraid of everything. They're especially afraid of darkness. Their eyesight's terrible anyway. So when they're in darkness, even worse. And they would have been afraid. They've would have been wondering, not knowing what to do. They would have been jumpy. And so I believe this is why David uses this phrase here, the valley of the shadow of death. Now, his Historically, there's actually a place in Israel that is referred to as the valley of the shadow of death. And so he might have been speaking about that specific place. It was a treacherous place there in Israel. However, he, of course, is speaking to us and describing those moments, those seasons of life that we would call the valley of the shadow of death. It's a common phrase that was used in scripture to to describe for us an environment that would threaten a person's safety. Here, of course, it would threaten the safety of a flock. But it's a phrase that's used multiple times in the book of Job, in Psalms, in Jeremiah. Even Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, used it when he was speaking about the coming Messiah in Luke chapter 1 and verse 79, where he talks about the greatness of God, how he's going to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. And so what we understand about this phrase, if we compare Scripture with Scripture like we should always do, is that we understand is that while he may be talking about a specific time where death literally touches your life, he is also speaking about those moments, those seasons that we would describe as deep, dark valleys. In fact, even moments where death would seem to be a relief from the fear and the trouble that we are facing. And so he's not talking about just this wonderful, you know, wide open space. He's talking about a very difficult season of life. Like Elijah in the wilderness, all of us have times where we feel like all is lost, don't we? We have seasons of life that we feel we will never get over this. I will never get through what it is that I'm facing that is right in front of me. It can be the pain of losing somebody that is close to you. It could be the pain and the difficulty of a long-term health diagnosis and health concern. It could be rejection that you might be facing, a personal attack, damaged relationships. It could be a financial insecurity, and they all feel in those moments, and you can fill in those moments for you. but it can feel like a narrow, dark, unfamiliar valley. All of us have been there. and. Uh, scripture, of course, teaches us that valleys, that difficulties, those seasons are part of the follower of Jesus Christ. I remind you of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, where he says that, Beloved, don't think it's strange that some fiery trial may come to you. Don't think it's strange that you might have some difficulty that will try you. In uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, he talks about a trial of your faith. In James, we are told to count it all joy when there's various temptations. In John chapter 16, verse 33, uh, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you that you might have peace. He says, Recognize that in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But the point being is that we know and we understand that this life is full of difficulties. Trials are a reality. And it would be naive to think uh, in any other way. But I want you to notice in this verse here, look at, back at verse number 4. I want you to notice that though dark valleys are inevitable. Notice there he says, though uh, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though it is inevitable to go through struggles. I want you to also see another word there, and it's the word through. It is inevitable in life that you will go through great difficulties and great challenges. However, you will get through it. You will get through it. With no uncertainty here, David is telling us that though we walk in the valley of the shadow of certain death and the valley of difficulty, he is confidently saying here that I will and you will go through it. You say, well, who's David to make that claim, right? Who do you think you are, King David, (laughs) you know, man after God's own heart? Well, I'll tell you what, he's been able to make that claim because of his own life experience just like many of you can do the same today. You can make, uh, when I said you will get through it, I saw several of you go, yeah, you nodded your head because you know what it's like to go through that deep dark valley but recognize that there is something on the other side. Think about David for a moment in the valley that he went through of suffering as Saul persecuted him. Julius mentioned that this morning. And, and he went through this great deep valley of suffering and, but yet he came through. Think about the valley of slander that David experienced when others were lying about him but yet he came through it. He's been through the valley of sin when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he went through the valley that led him to repentance and the agony of that, but yet he went through. There was the deep valley of sorrow when his little little baby died as a result of his sin The valley of sorrow when his son Absalom betrayed him, but he came through. And so David, when he says here that, yea, I will walk through the valley, but I will get through it. When he says it, he says it with confidence and with assurance and with experience that he is going to get through. And I want to tell you this morning, so will you. You will go through those times, yes, but you will get through it. Weeping endures for a night, David said but there is joy that comes in the morning. And I wanna tell you, if you love our God and if you will trust our God, when you face those valleys, hmm, he can turn those hurts into a hallelujah. (laughs) I saw one author say that, I thought I gotta use that, that's great. He'll turn those Calvary death moments into Easter, that resurrected moment. And David is telling us that you will get through those dark times. You will get through those difficulties, those hard experiences. And he says it from experience, not only in his own life as just experiencing life, but he's also able to say it from his experience as a shepherd. And this is, I think it's really important for us to understand this. See, a shepherd leads his sheep into a valley for a reason. And it's not just to kill off the weak, okay? (laughs) That's not why. A shepherd will lead his flock into a valley. Seemingly to you and I, we would say, I don't know that I would take my sheep there. But the reason that he does it is very specific. It's because the way to reach those high alpine meadows where the sheep can be fed and be nourished and grow can only be reached through the valley. Now, last week, I talked a little bit about mountain climbing, you know, and I showed you that scary climb that I went on and uh julius and i have been able to go on a lot of different climbs together and hopefully we're not too old to do it again but oftentimes when you are trying to get to a mountain peak you hike for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers through valleys through ravines and you slowly make your progress i mean it'd be great to see you know uh, uh the mountaintop and be like all right let's go and just walk straight up to it you know? you will die if you try that But we take these valleys and these cutbacks and these switchbacks in order to get to the top. And that's what shepherds would do. They would take them in these deep cuts in these valleys in order to get them to the place where they could be nourished and grow and and, and really find something better on the other side. And I want to tell you this morning that for the Christian, it's the same thing. The valleys that we go through are what bring us closer to God. It is the difficult seasons of life that lead us to higher ground because they are the ones that teach us to stay close to the shepherd. They are the ones that tell us to trust his guidance, to look forward to something better on the other side. And you might be thinking today, Pastor, I I don't know, I don't know, (laughs) how can I do that? Because right now I'm in a dark season. I'm in a difficult place. I'm in the valley right now. How can I have confidence like David? He's saying, I'm going to get through it. And and you're sitting out there there, and you're just thinking, yeah, right. I don't know that I'm going to get through it. Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. David gives us the answer and he gives us the reason that we can actually live life in that way. That when we face difficulties, we know we're going to get through. And I want you to see this here in the second part of the verse as we come to our second thought, which is very simply the presence of the shepherd. So we know that there's a valley that's going to be here. There's the presence of the valley. It's coming. But I want you to see here the presence of the shepherd. Look again at verse number four. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I don't know if you knew this, but God wants to protect you. Did you know that? God wants to walk with you. He wants to help you through the valleys of life. How how, uh, naive is it for us to think that God wants to and did give his son to die on a cross for our sins and then says, good luck, have fun with life. (laughs) Absolutely not. He wants to be there for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to walk. That's why he is described as our shepherd. And David here is saying that he's not afraid to walk through life's deepest valleys because he knew he was not alone in the peril. His shepherd was with him. And David believed that. And so he gives us now in this passage the ways... That God helps his people through the dark valleys and he uses the example again of the shepherd and how a shepherd protects his sheep as they go through the valley. And so notice here, first of all, I've already mentioned it, that just the presence of the shepherd alone is what comforts the sheep. Now, we've talked about this briefly in earlier uh, messages at kind of the beginning part of this series. But one of the things that's so interesting about sheep is that if they're left to themselves, they just get into trouble. Right? They go and they tip themselves over. You know, they become cast and they can't do anything. They, uh, they get stuck in places. They try to jump over fences. They get their heads caught in buckets. You know, I mean, they do all sorts of crazy things. But one of the things that they do when there's no shepherd around is they start fighting each other, remember? And there's always the one who comes around and starts headbutting the others into submission. And, uh, and, and they start to fight over food. And there's all of these issues. But the one thing that stops it is the presence of the shepherd. Just when that shepherd comes up over that hill or enters into the pen, all the sheep sort of behave. I don't know what it is about it, but they just know. They know that I'm not going to be able to get away with it, I think is what it is. And so the presence of the shepherd carries with it a great amount of power, a great amount of power. Calm is restored because they trust the shepherd. They know that the shepherd knows what is best for them. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you want to know how to walk through the valleys of life, if you're sitting right now and you're like, Pastor, I just need to know how do I get through this? Here's how you get through the valleys of life. First of all, you need to learn to find rest and comfort in the presence of God, just in his presence and in his presence alone. You know, all throughout Scripture, we know that God will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Uh, He will be there for us in our time of need. He walks with us through the fire. He's there when we're drowning and we're in over our head. Yet it is so often in the valleys that we forget to rely on simply the comfort of his presence. And so that difficulty comes, that job loss comes, that relationship difficulty, that financial trouble, it comes and we just feel completely out of control. And maybe even the bigger aspects of life, the trouble that we are in, and we panic, don't we? And we completely forget about it. And we, we start to figure out, how am I going to fix this? Uh, you know, how am I going to make that person make things right? Uh, wh- how, how can I, you know, wh- what part of my retirement can I cash in you know, to do this? Or whatever it is. And we, we come up with all of these ways and we forget the fact that we can simply, and God wants us to simply place our trust and our confidence in the fact that he is there. See, God wants us to know and feel His presence. And the wonderful thing is this, is that when you live in that way, when you live as a spiritually minded person, by the way, you have the comforter within you, the Holy Spirit. But when you can learn to live in those deep valleys, not panicked and always asking God, where are you in those moments, but saying, God, I know that you're here with me through this, and so I can walk through this valley, I can go through this difficulty with comfort and with purpose and with confidence. Some of you remember a few years ago uh, when Jeanette, uh, my wife, had a, uh, a, a seizure. First time it's ever happened, um, and, and uh, I got to experience it, which was really just a blessing, you know. I'm, I'm joking. It was not. It was very, it was very uh, challenging. And, and she'll tell you the story and, and, and the journey that we've kind of been on since that time. But that first time that it happened, it was right when COVID was like, Remember COVID? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were really, everyone was talking about it, you know? No, it was a big deal. And so of course, when I, I called the ambulance and, and she was still seizing at that time, it was a really long extended time. And I'm on the, you know, I'm yelling at the, I feel bad for the dispatcher, you know, like get over here, you know, I'm yelling at them. And, and they finally, the ambulance finally gets here and I'm able to go and open the door. And, and Jeanette was unconscious at that point and And they came up. Uh, and, and of course it was when I mean, do you guys remember this? Like, I mean, like gas masks, right? Like the the paramedics, like gas mask, full face shields, like a whole suit. Like I'm like, I'm in my front yard, like hurry up. And they're like, we got to get our suits on, you know, and they're putting on all this stuff. And I understand that's just how it was. And so they finally come upstairs. And so Jeanette starts to kind of come out of it. and, And when she comes out of it, there's these three dudes in our bedroom with the light on with gas masks hanging over her. And so you can imagine, and if, if, if you've ever been uh, in that type of a, a moment, a seizure, there, they are, she was very confused. She didn't know what was going on and she started kind of panicking because these guys are like, <sighs> you know, like And she doesn't know where she is and, and I could see it all over her face and she just looked terrified. You know, of course there's all sorts of things are, that are happening in her brain at that time and, and she's just like panicking and they're like, calm down, or calm down, it's gonna be okay. You know, and it's real comforting. And then what happened in that whole moment is that I was standing there, and I'm like, it's okay, it's going to be okay, babe, it's going to be okay. And then she looked at me, and she saw me, and she just just calmed down. And she told me later on, she couldn't talk at that point, but later on she told me, she said, I didn't know what was going on, I was so scared. She said, but then I saw you, and I knew it was going to be okay. Right, I mean, man, come on, like... (laughs) That'll make you cry right there, right? See, that's how God wants us to understand his presence. That's what God wants you to think of him. When, when you're in the deepest valley and you're confused and you're scared and you don't know what's going on, that you can just look and be like, he's here, it's gonna be okay. His presence gives us confidence. His presence helps us in the valley. Listen, God is with you. He's with you. And we can have confidence to know that. And as his sheep, we have his comforting presence, the Holy Spirit, to walk with us in those dark times. Think back to Moses for a moment. If you go back to uh, the book of Exodus, and Moses, he was tasked with a very difficult job of leading Israel into the promised land. They were a nation, remember? God called them stiff-necked. You ever had your, your mom call you? You're such a stubborn boy. You know, and that's what God's saying about Israel He's saying they are stiff necked. They are stubborn. They're constantly resisting and fighting. And, and, and Moses in Exodus chapter 33, uh, he often found himself in very troubling circumstances trying to lead those people. And, and so he was, uh, he was struggling and in one case in Exodus 33, he's talking to God, he's in the tabernacle, he's speaking to him. He, he says, I don't know what to do and so he cries out to God for direction and God responds to him in verse 14 where he says, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Now I love this verse just for the fact that God is speaking to Moses, to an individual going through a difficult time and he says, I want you to know I'm going to be with you and I can give you rest in that situation. What that tells us is that God can actually give us rest and comfort and peace and joy in the middle of the darkest valleys. But notice how Moses responded then in the next verse. So God says, I'm gonna be with you, my presence is with you, I will give you rest. And then Moses says this, I love this. If your presence, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence." What's he saying? He says, God, thank you for your presence because if we didn't have your presence, I, I'm not even gonna go forward. I'm not even gonna keep moving. And here's the the heart that we need to have in our own minds when we face dark valleys that God, there's a valley ahead, there's a difficulty ahead or I'm right in the middle of it. I'm at the bottom of the valley right now and God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving forward unless your presence is with me. And we crave that and we desire that and we ask for his presence. This is the perfect example here of how to face valleys. Take the promise of God's presence and determine to not go anywhere without it. And if we're gonna walk through the valleys, church, we've gotta be able to trust and seek the protecting comfort of the shepherd's uh, presence. Because not only, here's what I want you to see as we finish up here. Not only will God's presence be with you in those dark valleys, but God will also be working on your behalf in those dark valleys. Look back at the verse here at the end. He says, you're with me and your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. The rod and staff here of the shepherd that David mentions are tools that the shepherd uses to care for and protect the flock. So, first of all, he talks about the rod. Now, the rod is not what you think. You think the rod of maybe being a weapon of punishment, um, but the rod is, in fact, of the shepherd. It's a rod of protection. It's a, it oftentimes would not be very long, it would be maybe only 18 inches to two feet. Typically, what would happen is a shepherd would try to find a, uh, a tree that had been knocked over by the wind or even hit by lightning that had been split open. And so they would try to take a piece or a part that had been split from the center of a log, because that's really one of the the strongest pieces of the wood. In fact, uh, a few months ago when we were down, uh, we went to the Louisville Slugger, you know, baseball bat, right? Louisville Slugger Museum in Louisville Kentucky and they talked to us I'm a baseball nut so I love it you probably don't get it at all but um, they talked about how they take the tree and how they they don't cut the, the the logs they split them and then they choose the parts that have been split because that's the strongest where the grain of the wood runs along so that's what would have happened here it was something where the grains were strong oftentimes the end would have been kind of knobby they'd carve it to fit themselves uh, fit their hands really well and it was like their weapon and they knew it very well. I read stories of how, you know, they could hit a running rabbit at 20 feet, you know, or they could uh, knock, uh, scare away a wolf with it. They would use it to correct, they would, u- uh, they would use it to uh, basically defend the flock and scare away anything that could come. It was their weapon. Today, they carry rifles, which I, I recommend, but better than, a, you know, if you got a wolf pack uh, coming after your sheep, that's what you would use. But it was a weapon of protection. And then we see here there is the staff. Now, that's probably more familiar to us. You know, you think of the shepherd's crook, you know, and cartoons when you're a kid, them pulling the guy off stage, you know. And that idea, uh, it was longer. They would have leaned on it as they themselves would have been climbing mountain or climbing up uh, valleys there. It was a helpful tool for the shepherd. It was um, primarily used, though, in the care of the sheep. Uh, it was used for guiding the sheep. They would use that to kind of keep the flock together. They would use it even to part the wool on a sheep to check for infestations or for any sort of skin disorders. They would use that staff as a tool. They, of course, if a sheep fell into a a, a crevice or something, they could use it to kind of hook it and and pull it out. If if one was cast, they could flip over a sheep with it. It It's pretty incredible to see how they use the staff. But it was used to bring protection Both of those tools were used to bring protection and then direction for the sheep. It brought confidence to the shepherd and also for the sheep to see the shepherd knowing that he could protect them. Now here's David's point for us. He wants us to understand that valleys will come, but because of the presence of the shepherd and because he is actively working to protect and to care for you, we can have the confidence to navigate life's valleys, knowing that we'll be protected and guided by our shepherd. In Romans chapter 8, it tells us that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to, say those two words with me, his purpose, his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, God knows the valleys of your life. He knows the moments when everything is shrouded in darkness. But I want you to know that he is working things out for good. He is. He is. He is growing you. He is building you. He is teaching you. And he is actively working to protect you. And you say, Pastor, I don't see it. (laughs) You ever feel like that? <laughs> I don't see it. Where are you, God? I'm in, this, <laughs> I'm in this struggle. Where are you? I wonder, oftentimes the reason we don't see God is because we're not looking for him. We're not seeking his presence. We're doing our own thing. We're saying, hey, God, if you want to catch up, come along, right? But here we learn that we walk through the valleys. We're going to get through it. And the reason is, is because of his presence and his protection over us. It's in those valleys that we learn to become more like Jesus. See, God's desire for you, as we read there, is that you would be conformed to the image of his son. That's his desire for you. And the way that that happens is that we seek him and trust him in those valleys. So, are you in a valley right now? Are you in a valley? Are you in a difficult season? Are you struggling? Are you not know know how things are going to go? Maybe you're struggling in your relationship. You're struggling in your workplace. You've recently experienced great loss, difficulty. Would you trust the presence of your shepherd? He's there. He cares about you. If you can claim him today and say, he is my shepherd, then that means he is with you right now. And he will walk with you through those valleys. And so we must trust his presence. We must get close to him. We must trust his protective care. And so I wanna ask you this morning, really simply as we close, would you this morning, take a minute, and would you seek the presence of your shepherd? Would you seek the presence of your shepherd? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what may lie ahead. You say, pastor, right now, life is good. (laughs) Things are going great. Man, that's awesome. But there's always something coming, right? (laughs) There will be another valley. So in those mountaintop experiences, when you are on higher ground spiritually, that's when you fortify your faith. That's when you strengthen your faith, knowing that there will be another difficult season. Maybe you're in that season right now. Maybe you just need to spend some time and remind yourself that God, you are with me. God, you are working with me. God, you are protecting me. And I thank you for that today. If you're in a valley, would you just right now, take a moment and ask for God's help. Say, God, would you help me? I know you're here. I know your presence is real. (laughs) And Father, I'm trusting you today. We hope that today's message was a help to your relationship with God. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue His will for your life.